episode 150 of the Biz Talk with Bill Roy podcast. The Wichita Business Journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people, places, companies, organizations, and issues that are important to Wichita's business community. The Payroll Protection Program was designed to help businesses get low-interest, good-term loans at participating banks. The process used for the program so far has had mixed reviews. Nationally, not so great, but locally, from the bankers we've talked to, things have been pretty smooth. My guest is the chairman and CEO of Equity Bank, Brad Elliott. Yes, Equity sponsors this podcast, but Equity and its leaders are important players in local banking. We'll ask him about the PPP and how he thinks Wichita's economy eventually is going to fare. First, the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal, continuing coverage of the business impact of COVID-19. Businesses have important stories to share. We connect with several this week so we can share their experiences as they deal with the challenges of the pandemic and fight to survive, page eight. Our list, Wichita area roofing contractors, page six. This week, we spend 10 minutes with Boyd Byers from Folston Seifkin Law Firm. That's on page 15. We continue to provide for you business intelligence during this time, information on new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, court judgments. This week, it begins on page 14. Back to talk with Equity Bank Chairman and CEO Brad Elliott after this. Welcome to Biz Talk with Bill Roy of the Wichita Business Journal. Talking business, your business that is, is what Equity Bank's team of bankers does best. Visit us today at equitybank.com. Brad, thank you for being here. We really appreciate it. Thanks for spending some time with us. I know you're very busy these days. Glad to do it, Bill. Well, first of all, Brad, if you would, kind of talk about your bank. How many employees do you have, for example, how you've grown your footprint over the past few years, your assets, those sort of things? So we have uh, we have about 700 employees uh, spread across uh, from Arkansas, Central Missouri, um, Northern Oklahoma, uh, to uh, and then what and then we're Western Kansas and and then all the way through Kansas City and Wichita. You guys have grown your footprint with acquisitions over the past few years. Uh, can give us an update on about the last two uh, acquisitions you've done. Uh, the, I think the last two were uh, in Guymon, Oklahoma. Well, let's go to the last four because they kind of all mixed together. We, sure. We've done two in Guymon, Oklahoma, and Liberal, Kansas, and then we uh, have one in Kansas City that we did about the exact same time. So um, those would be the last four that we we have accomplished. Talk about your assets. Uh, how big a bank are you? So we're right at $4 billion, uh, Bill, and we have 52 locations um, spread out across that footprint. And it wasn't long ago that you guys just crossed the $1 billion in assets mark, right? That most of this growth has come, what, in the last uh, three, four years? Yeah, $1 billion was about 2013, I believe. Uh, so in about a seven-year period there, um, uh, we've We've done uh, 18 acquisitions. And, of course, equity is publicly traded on the NASDAQ, one of the few publicly traded companies in the Wichita area. Symbol is EQBK. Brad, talk about how your bank has had to adapt to these new conditions uh, even before PPP 
you had to deal with the changes that were going on because of the pandemic. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, you know, uh, you know, the biggest thing that we had to adapt to was we had to look at uh, as an essential business, how are we going to continue to keep our company open and running to be able to take care of customers? And so we implemented what we call a branch light or drive through first strategy, which means we encourage people to do things as much electronically as possible. Um, and then also uh, as much as they can through the drive through So opening an account or making changes on an account, uh, we do a lot of those things now through the drive through instead of having people come into the lobby, and that's really for the safety of both the employee and the customer uh, as we're all trying not to spread this disease uh, uh, from one person to the next. But then we had to look at how can we help our customers because as revenues are slowing down from our customer base, you know, it's really uh, – it, it's hurting their ability to figure out what they're going to do and how they're going to save their businesses and operate their businesses with less cash flow. And so we've been talking to customers, uh, helping them through this process. Um, and, and then I think we're going to get into the PPP program questions here in a minute. But, it, uh, you know, we've been doing a lot of uh, consulting and a lot of uh, uh, conversations with, with our customer base during this time. I would imagine you're having to – it's it's difficult for you guys to uh, have people working remotely because of the sensitive information that you all have, right? Uh, it is. Although we have uh, secured from we have secured uh, ability, we have actually tested Bill that we can have about seventy percent of our support uh, functions uh, work from home. There's probably thirty percent that could not work from home for a variety of different reasons, security reasons. But uh, we could actually go to where we're about 70% remote on our uh, support functions. We have about 200 uh, people in those areas, um, and they uh, so that would be about 150 of those people could work remotely. Uh, we've done a test the last couple weeks to see how many of those could actually function uh, from working from their home computers. And so, but there's a lot of sensitive information that goes with that, and there's just a lot of process. Um, so we've done some things in that we've moved people around uh, into the space to be able to do social distance. Uh, we've split departments in half and and put half of a department in another department so that if something happened in one area, we wouldn't lose that entire department. Uh, and so uh, we've done a lot of different creative things on trying to think through this. We actually developed a pandemic plan in 2008-9 which was about the time of the H1N1 virus. And uh, you know, it's one of those things, we, we developed it. We really never had to use it uh, for that pandemic. Um, and when we, went, when we started uh, thinking about this four weeks ago, we pulled out that plan. It was actually fairly laid, well laid out. It actually had all the execution things that we're doing today in it. Uh, and so it was nice to have a roadmap that we had thought about 10 years earlier um, and was still functioning. So we probably all was, have disaster uh, plans uh, that we have in place and that we've worked on specifically for a pandemic. You guys, uh, you guys knew what we, you were doing and putting that together. That's uh, that's served you well, I guess. Yeah, it's actually kind of shocking, Bill. You know, it's one of those things you work on and you never think that you're going to use. Right. Um, and then all of a sudden, you're you're needing to use it, and it's uh, it's actually functioning. You talked about communicating with customers. What is your message these days for customers? Well, uh, so the PPP program is what we're working mostly on 
uh, now, and that's the Payment Protection Program, uh, or Paycheck, Paycheck Protection Program. Um, and so, you know, if you haven't been able to talk with your bank about that yet, you should do that. If you're a small business person listening to this, uh, if you're a not-for-profit listening to this, you should talk to your bank about that. Uh, if your bank won't uh, respond to you, you can give us a call because we'd be glad to help you with that. Um, we're, you know, it's not a real moneymaker for the banking industry. It actually put a lot of pressure on us in that the government rolled this out and then asked us to do this to help our customers. And so we took a very entrepreneurial approach to this and said, you know, this is a great opportunity for us to actually help our customers. It doesn't matter that there's not really anything in it for us, but man, our customers need this in their biggest time of need. And so we've really worked hard on putting out uh, as much of these opportunities as we can because our small business customers, which is the majority of America and the majority of the customers we bank, really need this program. I mean, they need it like uh, none other. And so, um, you know, we had some customers that weren't going to be able to make payroll. And so this came along just at the right time for them to continue to keep their employees on. And so we've done, and I don't know the exact count right now, um, but uh, somewhere around $335 million uh, have been approved by the SBA. That's not approved by Equity Bank. That's actually approved by the SBA through Equity Bank. Uh, we're totaled over 600 loans uh, in that number. Uh, we know we have another 1,000 that are in the processing uh, part. And so, um, you know, it, it, this is substantial. Uh, we're trying to get a count on how many uh, actual uh, employees that that employs, but it's going to be over that that $300 million number will be over 40,000 employees that helps keep employed. And so that's a big deal across our small footprint uh, that we touch. And that doesn't include all the other banks that are doing the exact same thing uh, at the same time. And once again, so you're not only, I'm sorry, once again, you're not just dealing with your customers. You have the ability to take on new customers with this as well, right? Right. And there are some banks that, you know, and I'll, I'll call them out, you know, some of the bigger banks, Bank of America and others by name, have, have cut off their customers. And we've said, you know, we'll, we'll help them. Uh, there might not be anything in it for us, but it's the right thing to do for our communities. And it's the right thing to do to help our, our communities be able to keep, continue to keep people paid and continue to keep businesses open. And so, yeah, we are getting uh, a lot of inbound calls now from non-customers. Uh, that we're helping out through this process. The PPP created to provide businesses with those low interest loans as much as 30 years sometimes uh, on terms. Part of it forgivable up to $10,000, I believe. SBA pays the fees. The loans are guaranteed 100%. So uh, banks like yours feel more comfortable with the plan. $350 billion set aside at this point, although we're hearing that uh, that may go up. And it's designed to keep workers employed for eight weeks. Loans have about a $10 million limit. They can uh, later ask for it to be forgiven if workers are not laid off. Am I correct on all those? And is there anything we need to, anything more we need to tell them about this, uh, about this program? Yeah. So um, you had a couple things in there that, that um, I can clarify. So, uh, so any, any small business that has less than 500 employees, or falls in a, a NIA CS code 72, which is uh, franchising, uh, can qualify for this. So if you have less than 500 employees, 
you qualify for this. And uh, it's really a simple process. Uh, it's not complicated. Um, and uh, we'll be glad to help walk you through that. But you, so you, you take your payroll, essentially, uh, and divide it by 12 and then times it by two and a half times. So if you have a $1.2 million payroll, uh, then you would get uh, $300,000 that is a loan uh, from from the bank, or from and the, we get an SBA guarantee on it. That loan, then, as long as you use seventy five percent of it for payroll, you can use the other twenty five percent of it for mortgage interest, utilities, other uh, functions of your business, and then that's a hundred percent forgiven. And so, it's a really good deal, honestly, for the for the customers. But most of those customers today are having to lay off employees or aren't making products. So it's really a direct infusion into their business that helps for this two-month period that we aren't really making anything or creating any revenue. Any idea how quickly that money's getting turned around and actually getting to small businesses? Yeah, so um, our process uh, is usually less than 24 hours. So from the time we have a completed application to the time we fund is usually less than 24 hours. Wow. Um, and so... It's uh, our team has worked really hard. Uh, uh, we have uh, employees every night that have gone home after two in the morning. Um, we've taken an approach that we're trying to get all of these through the process um, so that we make sure that anybody that's made an application with this gets funded um, as we don't want the funding to get cut off. Uh, and we also know that they need this money. So our employees have had huge amount of dedication staying up late and coming in early. I saw e emails this morning from 4.30 or 5 in the morning that people came in early trying to get these processed. So uh, our folks are working as hard as they can to make sure that our small businesses get funded. You guys have had to adjust. As, have you adjusted hours or brought on more people to handle this workload? Yeah, we have about 10 people that um, are uh, working uh, temporarily right now uh, to help us with this. Uh, and then we've shifted people from some other departments that have slowed down. So mortgage lending, people aren't buying houses right now, um, and so mortgage lending has slowed down, and so we've shifted some of those people from other departments to help out in this area. This thing was put together pretty quickly. Um, how much notice did you all get, and what did you have to react to once you knew the program was coming? understand information got out to banks fairly late. Well, uh, and so what I would say is we look at it a little differently, uh, Bill, in that we say that the government was trying to do everything it could to help fund a, a crisis situation. So they passed this bill on, on and signed it on Friday, finally. And, uh, and so the middle of that week, we started seeing what the bill was going to look like, and we started trying to figure out how we were going to help facilitate that. And so over that weekend, our management team, our executive management team, about 10 of us, we work, um, I would say, eight to 10 hours each day trying to figure out how we're going to implement this program. And then, and there wasn't a lot of detail out there. And so it kept moving and the targets kept moving, but we kept working on it. And so through that weekend, we got to about an 80% completion. And then as things came in, we kept getting it closer and closer and closer. So by Thursday, we had a really sound process. And by Friday, when the program opened up, we were able to start taking applications. And so, yeah, you know, the SBA was dealt a really bad uh, hand in a poker game, and uh, they, you know, they've worked their their hardest to make a uh, 
make a good hand out of it, and I think they have. Uh, people have been frustrated with people, but I mean, they had very few days to react to this um, and to implement this process. And so I think, you know, uh, banks had to be creative and they had to work hard, but I think the SBA also worked hard and, and as they've been able to figure things out, have been gotten have gotten information out to us. So we're not as frustrated by the fact that everybody didn't have all the answers. Uh, you know, our customers don't have all the answers. All I know is the government came up with a program that one keeps employees employed and keeps businesses open. And so, you know, those two things are what the backbone of America is. And so, I think that we all ought to be thankful for everybody being able to get this done in a very short period of time. So, Brad, what is your advice for small to medium-sized business owners and managers who maybe at this point have not yet uh, applied or considered applying? What are your what's your advice for them? What are your what are your don'ts? What's on your don't list for for these uh, companies? So, my don't would be don't wait. Um, I think you need to get your uh, information in and get it processed because I do think that there's a chance that this will run out of money. Um, and then there's a chance that, uh, you know, you wouldn't get funded. The other thing is, is um, I think it's important that we don't wait because we need to get those em- keep employees employed. Um, and I think it helps you out when you restart your business up to have a consistent workforce. Um, the other thing I would say is you want to protect your cash. So uh, applying for this helps you protect your cash. Um, and so you need to make sure that you're doing the right things to keep as much cash that you can uh, uh, on your balance sheet because it, you're going to need it. Because as we do open back up this economy, it's going to be a slow reopen and a slow growth. And so we're going to have pain through that process. But if, if you haven't contacted your financial institution, you should so that you can get this process moving. Uh, are you, are you uh, satisfied with your risk level in, in the process? Well, at this point, we just have to trust the government's going to do what they say they're going to do. Right. And and so the government has said they're going to indemnify us, and they're and as long as we use prudent processes and do the right things, that they're going to they're going to take care of us. And so we've just taken the pro, the approach that they're going to help us. I would tell you the Federal Reserve Bank, at least our Federal Reserve Bank in Kansas City. There's 12 districts in the United States. Our Fed in Kansas City has been awesome. Uh, they've been in contact with us multiple times a day making sure that we have funding available if we need it. Um, and so they, they've been absolutely outstanding in, in helping work with uh, us as a financial institution. This is something that we have never been through, obviously. Uh, we went through the uh, recession 2008-9-10, went through uh, 9-11. Um, so where do you see this region since you guys have uh, operations in Arkansas, Oklahoma, Kansas, and Missouri, uh, where do you see us coming out on this uh, long term? Um, that may not be a fair question. There's so many different variables right now, but but how do you feel about things going well, forward? Um, you know, I, uh, unfortunately, I think we're in a, a pretty deep recession. Uh, actually, the definition of a depression is GDP dropping uh, 10% or us staying in a prolonged period of no GDP growth of multiple years. I think uh, second quarter, we could hit GDP shrinkage of 10%, which actually by te- technical terms means we're in a depression. Um, and so I think when you're in a depression or a deep recession, it's going to take a long time to come out of. 
you know, I think it took us three to five years to come out of the deep recession that we were in. Um, and so, um, you know, I think we're going to be a slow growth nation uh, uh, for the short term. Now, we've put a lot of money in stimulus to to help that not be as bad as it would have been without it. So maybe that curbs it a little bit. But I know that the aircraft manufacturers um, aren't delivering airplanes. I know no one's flying. And so for Wichita, I think that's really not a positive sign. Uh, I drove by the Salina Airport um, over the weekend as I was social distancing and driving around and, and uh, just because I was tired of staying home. And so we just drove around. And Salina had 50 airplanes about on their tarmac that are Delta Airlines. So uh, I think as you see grounded airlines parking them as far away as Salina, Kansas, I, th I think, you know, this is going to be a slow, a slow recovery. Um, and I think how we come out of this is going to be interesting because at some point we have to open up our doors and continue business. We talked about this being a, we're going to slow the curve. We didn't say we were going to stop the disease. We said we were going to slow the curve. And so how we start social distancing and all coming back to work, I think is going to be uh, interesting. And I also think some social habits have changed. And so uh, how do those affect the economy? I don't think we really know yet today. Do we stop going out to eat as much as we did prior to this? Because we've all learned we can cook. Um, <laughs> or do we all hate our own cooking and say we're going to go out to eat all the time? Right. Uh, and so I, I don't know which one that's going to be, uh, but, you know, I, I think there will be a lot of habits that change, and I think how those roll through the economy is going to be, you know, interesting is one way, but scary is another thought process. Anything else we need to tell these uh, these business owners and managers who might be listening to the podcast? Any other advice? Yeah, you know, I was talking to uh, a affiliation I have in New York, um, and uh, he's a restaurateur, and he had two restaurants that got destroyed by uh, literally by the uh, bombings in New York City. And he mm -hmm. said, I lost two of my big restaurants in New York. And he said, and I thought, okay, we'll get through that. Uh, and he said, and plus New York City shut down. So, you know, you, you guys kind of forget, but we were shut down for a, over a month as a city during that time frame. And he said, and then he said, uh, I had Hurricane Sandy. And he said, we lost a bunch of stores during Hurricane Sandy and the city shut down again for over a month. Uh, and he said, I weathered that storm. And he said, and now I've got the exact same thing going on again. The largest volume store he has is in Times Square. And, um, and it's the largest volume store they have in their system. And so he said, you know, uh, I was talking to him yesterday. He said, the one thing I can tell you, Brad, is we figured out how to get through the other two. And he said, we're going to figure out how to get through this. And so I think as small business owners, and we're a small business owner ourselves, my assets are tied up in the bank. Uh, this is my livelihood. Uh, this is where my equity is. And it's easy to get yourself in a dark hole. And what I would tell you as a small business owner is as entrepreneurs, we figure out how to survive. And that's what we have to figure out as a country and as people and as business owners. We have to figure out how to survive and how to make money at different things and how to be capitalists because that's what drives the economy and that's what drives things. Um, we can't be socialists. We can't wait for the government to help us always. Um, I think they've done a good job so far, but I think we really have to figure out eventually how to help ourselves and how we're going to make profits and how we're going to survive these things. And 
sometimes those are really tough decisions, but don't let yourself get in a dark spot. Talk to other people. Uh, make sure that you're thinking positive things. Make sure you're reading positive things because you can get yourself in a dark hole, and, and in the end, it really is never as bad as it was when you're in it because when you're back two years from now looking backwards at it, you go, man, I have no idea how we made it, but we did. And, and you'll make it through this because we'll all make it through it together. Great uh, advice there. It's, it's, it's a mindset. You just have to continue moving forward and doing the best you can and be optimistic. Uh, the Wichita Business Journal has published a small business resource guide to help provide a one-stop shop for information, and we will continue to report on stories as they happen each day, some uh, that include Brad and, and his bank, uh, that guide is at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Brad, thanks so much. We wish you all the luck in the world, and uh, we wish uh, all the luck in the world to the small and medium-sized businesses in the Wichita area. Thanks for spending some time with us and giving giving us some advice. We appreciate it. You're welcome. Glad to do it. I'll be back in a moment. At Equity Bank, stories of growing businesses are a favorite of ours, so we created our own little series called Napkin Stories. Visit EquityBank.com to see how some great businesses got their start. Well, that's it for Biz Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 150. We hope you are all faring well. We wish you all the best as you try to make it through these difficult times. If there's any story we can do to help or any leader you want to hear from, once again, please let me know. I'm at bROy at BizJournals.com. Check out all our episodes at our BizTalk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. BizTalk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter. And thanks very much to our sponsor once again, Brad Elliott and everybody at Equity Bank. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.